This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It has been a religious and cultural touchstone for nearly a millennium. And watching Notre Dame burn has been traumatic, not just for the French and for Catholics, but for people of diverse faiths and cultures around the world. It's the biggest architectural attraction in Paris, a symbol of the city and of the country, and it has withstood revolution, war, the Nazis. That this fire should happen as Catholics prepare for Holy Week is profoundly ironic. It was also the day that President Emmanuel Macron was supposed to explain how he intended to address the demands of the yellow vests. It took nine hours to put out the fire, and while the famous spire is lost, the stone body of the cathedral is mostly intact. The authorities are vowing to rebuild and donors have already begun to pledge hundreds of millions of euros for this project. Notre Dame is also visited or has been by some 13 million people every year. Among them, certainly you, our listeners. I'd like to hear from you if you have memories of visiting the place, if it's important for you culturally or religiously. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we go to Philip Evans, who is a heritage architect and a principal at ERA Architect. Hello, Philip. Hello, Libby. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. So I I have heard people say that this project of restoration will take not months, not years, but perhaps decades. I would I would probably agree with that. Um, it, uh, it it it's a pretty extensive um, undertaking, uh, certainly to um, restore and reconstruct a structure such as this, just imagining how long it took in the initial construction and um, the 1840s reconstruction that uh, happened um, probably took about 25 or so years. And this is, this is, a, this is a pretty significant impact and uh, amount of damage that we're seeing. So it could take many years to come. Uh, and why is that? I mean, obviously, we have a lot more modern techniques now than they did in the 12th century. Certainly, um, uh, I think there will be some really interesting conversations around uh, how this reconstruction or uh, restoration will uh, will unfold. I mean, certainly our understanding of conservation practices, uh, what value is attributed to, not just to the building itself, but in terms of our building practices, will will weigh into the conversation. Uh, many questions around. Um, will the restoration uh, uh, be one that is uh, of the form that we had seen today, uh, one that was evolved and actually certain liberties were taken in, in the 1840s restoration? Will there be modern materials that are incorporated to address some of the fire suppression opportunities that we've learned about? 
will there be traditional methods of repair and building practice, or will there be some efficiencies in modern techniques? I think there's um, quite a bit of discussion um, uh, before we sort of determine or before a, a conservation approach is determined. Do you think there's any possibility that it it will be um – uh, I restored is possibly the wrong word that with something that's completely different and modern, uh, like the pyramid that was added to the Louvre. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Um, and I, I've had, I've heard recent conversation already, uh, in some of these, um, some of these ideas about, um, what approach is or might be appropriate. And as, as I mentioned, um, uh, some liberties had been taken in the 1840s. Uh, certainly, the spire had been built uh, a little bit taller than than it had originally uh, been done. Um, there, there, there are many questions uh, like this. I think I think what we can all agree is that, um, despite the, uh, the, the you know, awful uh, scene that many of us witnessed yesterday, there there could be. Uh, um, there's always a positive note that could be uh, taken from. I mean, when you think about some of the fires that had played out at Windsor Castle or Glasgow School of Art, there's always a kind of a resurgence and an opportunity about how these buildings have been constructed, what is the opportunity to train youth and actually pass that knowledge of conservation skills, um, regardless of, of, depending on material, to a new generation of conservationists and restoration uh, practice, practices. So... That's a part of our sort of ongoing and evolving um, practice of conservation, and that that's one that it, that is beyond um, uh, the values of the building itself. It's it's something that's um, uh, lives within our with our own culture. So that's um, certainly going to be um, much much uh, much interest to all of us. How controversial is it in terms of the question of of who decides? I mean, this is a national and an international heritage. So I guess there are questions around who, who owns it or who runs it or who should decide. Well, I think that's a very good question. Um, I mean, certainly uh, many of our uh, international heritage policy guidelines and charters, um, uh, this site being a UNESCO site, are, are of um, uh, quite a bit of debate and, and discussion. I mean, certainly, uh, this is uh, this is a conversation that extends beyond the limits of of, of Paris and and France. And um, this is a, a monument that uh, certainly the world um, is uh, is quite familiar with and has a connection to. So, um, certainly for for a period of time, there will be uh, quite a bit of public engagement, I could imagine, and, and debate um, in, in these sort of approaches and, and uh, uh, approaches to, to conservation. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a French landmark, but it's a Catholic landmark. I mean, should mm-hmm. the church have a part in this? And then, of course, you have, uh, there are already uh, two of France's richest families have pledged a, a vast amount of money. Does that buy them a say? Well, that's an, inter- that's an interesting uh, question. I, I certainly think uh, as part of uh, the institution's ongoing uh, stewardship of, of the property of the cathedral, uh, certainly they uh, they would they would have a say uh, um, in um, in those steps being taken, um, 
and uh, I, I, I wouldn't be able to comment on uh, whether, as a stakeholder, uh, what influence they may or may not have. I mean, I think it's um, uh, it's, it's remarkable how um, you know the the outpouring of attention and interest, and probably continued interest, um, makes many of us um, uh, stakeholders in in how this might might unfold. Okay, I'd like to give the numbers out again. I'd like to hear from people who have visited, who have attachments to the place. This terrible fire, of course, uh, occurred as Catholics are heading into Holy Week, the holiest week of the year. Uh, it some say symbolic that Emmanuel Macron cancelled a speech about the yellow vests, turmoil. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And right now, I would like to bring in Neil McCarthy, who is the Director of Communications with the Archdiocese of Toronto. Hello, Neil. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, Libby. Good to be with you. So uh, it's been nearly 24 hours. This has had a chance to sink in. Uh, what is the gut feeling about this at this moment after 24 hours? Well, you know, the, the images were heartbreaking yesterday to see this tremendous fire uh, ablaze in this church that is such a spiritual home uh, for Catholics from Paris first locally, but, you know, tourists around the world and those who even uh, don't share uh, any faith that come to uh, admire and respect the cathedral. So, it's, I mean, just a, a sad, sad moment. Anytime you see a church on fire, it's quite striking. And, uh, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are certainly, you know, yesterday we're with the people who are fighting the fire and thankfully no one was hurt, but um, it's just shocking. And uh, it's coming at Holy Week. Yeah, it's, it's particularly poignant, isn't it? I mean, when, a time when we see churches that are that are overflowing. I'm actually standing outside St. Michael's Cathedral right now. We have a service with 400 priests inside, and, you know, 1,200 people that are inside the cathedral today. And you can't help but think to yourself, you know, uh, it, what if something like that ever happened here? And, uh, you know, it, uh, it hits home. It certainly hits home. Uh, do you see anything you know positive that could come out of that that it is happening at at holy week well i i mean obviously it's a tragedy so i mean i don't think there's anything positive that comes out of a church fire i mean it, it may rally people or to to want to uh, rebuild and reconstruct the the portions of the church that were damaged i think it was very powerful to see uh you know catholics in in france last night come around notre dame and um they were singing hymns to our lady uh, and that's, I mean, Notre Dame is our, our lady, uh, and to see the perseverance and the determination of people who recognize that the cathedral is a beautiful place, but it doesn't take away our faith, regardless of uh, the, the structures that we have to, to worship at, um, our faith is within each one of us, and that, you know, keeps us sustained even through these moments of, of real challenge. Uh, some people say those scenes of people coming to sing the hymns were a little surprising because France is pretty secular these days. Well, I think the, the you could make the argument that there's a lot of secularization globally, but I mean, there's still millions of people, um, and billions, in fact, uh, more than a billion that identify as Catholic. And so um, sometimes these kind of 
events will will bring people to reflect a little bit deeper on their spirituality and to just appreciate in many ways that we do in, in whether it's a building or a loved one or when we experience any type of loss or pain it causes us to kind of reflect on what's really important and i think that you know there uh, there's a very strong faith community in france it may not be as large as it once was but certainly people who are uh, wanting to sustain the faith and felt that you know, uh, when we don't have answers, we come to pray. And uh, and last night, they certainly did that in front of uh, Notre Dame. I, I'm assuming that you have heard from a lot of local people uh, who are Catholic. What kind of things have you been hearing from parishioners? Uh, I think shock more than anything. I mean, a number of the priests that I spoke to this morning, um, you know, just saying, oh, how terrible was it? And just those images, I mean, seeing a spire come down on a cathedral that you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, it's just, um, yeah, it's very difficult. It's, it's emotional for many people who are so connected to the church. And again, people who are uh, not necessarily Catholic, but just have a real love for the architecture and the sacredness of, uh, you know, the cathedral. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a difficult time. I think that that said, you know, we also recognize that um, our, our faith is made up of the people of God and the people who come together. And, um, People are resilient, and already we're hearing stories of people talking about reconstruction and rehabilitation of the, the cathedral this morning. So I think they'll they'll find a way through that, as we all will. Uh, we've just been talking. Uh, Philip Evans, architect, heritage architect, is is also on the line about the reconstruction. And Neil McCarthy, do you think that the Catholic Church should have a say in how it is rebuilt? Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's still a, a functional church. Obviously, it's the seat of the Archbishop of Paris, and uh, I mean, it's it's not just a building; it's a it's church. And so, um, you know, any construction of a church, there's certain requirements uh, that would need to be fulfilled. And so, I would imagine that the the government would want to have the dialogue of uh, you know the uh, the Catholic community and the leadership of the church in France, even if. Um, you know, it's not quite the same relationship that it once was, but obviously I think that dialogue will be part of the, the reconstruction efforts. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, it's it's very early to say, but uh, are there views about whether it should be rebuilt at least to look exactly as it was or to introduce something different. I, you know, I'm thinking about that pyramid that went onto the Louvre that was hugely controversial, and now people think it's fabulous. Well, that'll certainly be a source of discussion, I'm sure, in terms of whether uh, they want to reconstruct with you. I mean, one of the realities is it sounds like there are um, large portions of the cathedral that are still intact and um, were not impacted by the fire, and so that is certainly a positive in that if you don't have to take down the entire church, then uh, you know you can maintain the, the facade and certain aspects of the uh, the architecture there. But that'll be a, a conversation, and that's a conversation when you um, build new churches today uh, or any new building. You know, is it more historical in its nature? Is it more modern in its design? And um, so that that's going to be a point of conversation in the weeks and months to come for sure. Uh, we've also learned uh, that very, very fortunately, a lot of the treasures in the church have been saved. Some of them because they were already removed because of the renovation, uh, the crown of thorns and some of the statues. So, uh, but I guess they, they have to be uh, dealt with. It'll be a long time before they are displayed again. 
Yeah, I think once we get an assessment, I mean, uh, just I think hour by hour, things more information is coming out. So we'll see uh, how long things would be um, delayed or closed or not accessible, that sort of thing. I know we just completed a, a major restoration of St. Michael's Cathedral in the last couple of years. It's small compared to Notre Dame, obviously, but still a huge uh, project where we had to close the cathedral for many months. Uh, and severely restrict access uh, when we did open it for for a period of time. It's a huge undertaking when you're dealing with, um, you know, materials and craftsmanship from a time where, in the case of Notre Dame, you know, some of those uh, trees that the roof was made with 800-year-old trees, and um, you know, some people have said that France doesn't have trees of that of that style now to to say repair the roof, for example. So there's those kind of practical challenges that make. Uh, come to light as well. So it's a, it's a huge undertaking, no doubt, but uh, we are already hearing people stepping forward and financially supporting the project. And I think there'll be certainly a lot of goodwill when you consider just how many people. I mean, uh, if you've been to Paris, uh, there's not too many people that haven't gone to Notre Dame uh, as part of their, their trip there. And Philip Evans, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on uh, uh, restoring and uh well, I'm I'm not sure what the right word is. I guess restoring some of the artifacts. Well, I mean, certainly, um, it's it's uh, it's 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 good to hear that that some of these artifacts have been have been saved um, and and they're in uh, they're being maintained. Um, uh, how they might be displayed and how they make uh, or or become part of the the sort of you know the story and the ongoing history of Notre Dame. Uh, I, I agree. I think will be part uh, part of many of the t- discussions, along with uh, the reconstruction of of the, uh, uh, the the roof and extents that have been and that have been damaged. I mean, again, as uh, as was stated, uh, you know, the the damage, the extent of the damage is still being understood um, day by day, hour by hour here. Um, you know, the, the much of the stonework still remains. Um, it seems to be um, uh, not, not not damaged, but the the extent of that limestone can be can be weakened and it certainly you know discolored by excessive heat. Um, uh, some of that, um, some, some a lot of that needs to be taken into account. If there's a, a sort of a combination of um, uh, approaches uh, that that will be part of the discussion, whether it's uh, you know pure restoration of what had been, or if it was in part, um, there's going to be in some some kind of interpretation or or sort of modern contemporary take on um, and reflection on how we build today. I think these will all be very interesting conversations. Certainly, um, part of part of uh, part of all this. Okay, let's take a call from uh, Bob in Etobicoke. Uh, just a second. We need a little fix here. Okay, can you Bob, hear me? are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I yes. can hear you. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My view is well, I watched the fire, and it, and I I like historical buildings, and I like things like even the Colosseum is still popular in Italy, and and you know the I lived in Montreal and. The the one in the mountain I I've been there I like that I'm not religious myself but I believe in historical um, re- maintaining what you can in history I like it 
what I when I was watching the fire, what I, I realized that France has had a lot of problems recently with the yellow jackets and whatnot. And I'm watching this fire and I'm thinking, now the people there have got something in common. This, as bad as it is, may be at the end of it, because they will restore it. It's probably going to take billions of dollars in 10 years, but they will restore it. But it is given the French people something in common that they all support. And that may be the only good sign that come out of that fire, because I think France will be tomorrow, today different than it was the day before yesterday, because of everybody will be supportive of replacing it, whether they're Catholic or whether they're not. Everybody likes history. They like to maintain. They want to see something that was there yesterday. It'll be there tomorrow. It'll be there for their grandkids. Okay, Bob, thanks for that. Thank you. That's a nice thought. Let's go to Kim in Brampton. Uh, We're having a little problem with the phones. Hang on. Oh, we have her. I'm here. Okay, thank you. I, I just hope this whole thing doesn't get political because this lady is... Uh, a treasure. I'm still in shock, actually. Uh, just went there and visited her last year and drew her as a kid, you know, in, in art. And now, Hunchback in Notre Dame was something that really influenced me as a child. Uh, listen, uh, I, I really hope that they will take the, the people of, of France into consideration in the restoration. Um, you know, it, uh, hopefully they'll go back into history and look at uh, the spires that she had before or, uh, you know, what she was historically before, maybe restore her to that. Went to the Louvre, too, uh, which is, the you know, the triangle, the glass thing is gorgeous, but it's on the ground. You know, like it's something new, and but it's on the ground and it goes... It regresses down into the ground. So, putting something new on on the lady, mm, they'd have to really make sure they don't go gaudy on us. You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that, Kim. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Yeah, we're starting to run out of time on this segment. Philip Evans, what would you like to leave us with? Um, it's uh, it's it's wonderful and touching <clears throat> to think that. Uh, uh, there's been so much uh, support. Um, it's certainly a building that that uh, uh, though it's been threatened and it's and it's seen some some pretty extensive damage. It's uh, it's it's very clear that it's 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 an important building to to many of us across the world, and uh, uh, I have no doubt it will be uh, saved and um, uh, there for future generations to appreciate. Okay, and Neil McCarthy. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that cathedrals are a representation of faith in the heart of the world's biggest cities. We have that in Toronto, Paris, New York, all around the world, and it demonstrates the outreach that goes on. Uh, people of faith who are motivated to be in the heart of the city where there are challenges, where there's poverty, all those types of things that uh, we want to be walking hand in hand with people on. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, people will continue to... Uh, to live their faith, even if they don't have the physical building for a time. But um, we all agree that I think the the cathedral must continue. Okay, well, thank you both, and happy Easter to everyone who celebrates, of course. Thanks to Neil McCarthy and Philip Evans.
Thank you. Thanks Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.